Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone. I am Brett Ridgway, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show. Each week, I talk with a person who's using speaking in their business, either as they consider themselves to be a professional speaker, or they're using speaking as a business-building tool for whatever their core business is. And my guest this week is it, going off in a little bit of different direction than, than we've done in the past, but Bethann Mary Thompson Warrior is a former caregiver who looked after her mother for, for how long? Beth Ann? Um, 15, 20 years or more. 15, 15, 20 years. Oh, my gosh. So she had to battle through the system and the professionals to get her mother home. And so that's led her into the whole world of helping support others as they go down this journey of caregiving and watching out for family members and all that stuff, which is a quagmire from everything I've heard. So uh, she got a grant a few years ago from the Welsh government and began to open her business as a public speaker coach. So she's whole centered around the mental health issues and all that. And I want to welcome you officially, Beth Ann, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Thank you so much, Brett, uh, Brett, for asking me to come today. It's great to see you today and connect and tell your listeners a little bit more about how I started my speaking journey. So, yeah, let's dive right into it, Beth Ann. So, I mean, I, I've interviewed a lot of folks on this show who consider themselves to be a public speaker, and that's their core business and all that. But I get a sense that you've kind of used speaking to you know, help build a platform and make a, a, an important issue more aware in the public eyes and all that. But, you know, just jump right in and tell me a little bit about how you decided to get into speaking in the first place. Yes, um, I think that uh, when I started in my business and I started doing my talks with the mental health charity that I was doing, and literally a month after I started working for them in a room with 60 people and suddenly thinking, this is what I need to do is to be telling people about what it's like to be caring at home. And then I reflected from there and I look back and think, I was speaking back when I was working for the government over 30 years ago and um, being stood in a, a Brighton conference centre here in UK and had to write a speech within 10 minutes. And I remember my mum saying, you know, take a suit and, you know, tidy shoes and ties just in case. And I laughed <laughs> and thought, no. And then I didn't actually need those things because suddenly I was in the room with like thousands of people and I took it for granted. And then obviously when opportunities arose, like um, when Princess Diana was around 
um, and they wanted a speaker to tell people about our city where I live in Cardiff. I grabbed the mic and said, and put my hand up and said, yeah, I'll grab the mic and I'll do it. And I think that um, I was a Queen's guide. I did guiding and a young leader. So I took all those things as just part of my journey and didn't really think about it until I started my business and thought how I could use the skills that I'd learned back then right up until now and suddenly doing more speaking. And yeah, I wanted to help others and make such a difference. And mental health is so important that how could I use all my skills that I'd learned in my you know, professional world outside that I worked for corporate and the NHS and everything else before is legal work and it's how that I was gonna transform that into something. Um, COVID came along and I grabbed the leadership and I thought, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use every skill that I can possibly imagine and get, get people to stand up and notice how mental health is so important and more so now. All right, so I, I want to circle back around to the story you were telling at the beginning there where you had you were told you had 10 minutes to write a speech. So you had 10 minutes to write a speech that was how long? <laughs> and the speech was like well over half an hour, 40 minutes. So I was... All, all right, like, so, so we're going to dive into strengths as a speaker and things that helped you success. So how were you able to do a 30-minute speech with only 10 minutes to prepare? I think that the main thing, I think, at that time, was knowing your subject and knowing what was going to grab the audience and make them be engaged, make them um, speak slowly so they understood the language and um, get them to start asking questions and that. So I still got the book upstairs, funny enough, which I found the other day and thought, oh, I still got the speech that I wrote and thought I wrote this in because I do write a lot of things. You know, I've written a lot of articles on loneliness and depression. So I've been writing for a long time. So it just comes naturally. And I think the main thing is, is if you're going to write a speech or you're going to write an article, is being authentic and writing from your heart to help people. And that's what I try and do when I'm writing my posts or anything, even now, or like things that I want to write about is writing that it's important to let people know that, you know, we do make mistakes. No one, none of us is perfect, but we can all help each other in our own superpowers. So I think you and I have crossed paths, Beth Ann, a few times at maybe Speaker's Playhouse. I mean, I, I forget where I met everybody because I've been so many networking events over the years. <laughs> and, and, and they say, obviously, at Speaker's Playhouse, if you had the opportunity to grab the microphone, do it. So... Obviously, you have no shyness in that arena whatsoever. <laughs> so, you know, what? where does that self-confidence come from that, you know, you're not afraid to grab the mic and, and command I, the room? I think the self-confidence came from the fact that I'd battled when my mum was in hospital um, and I was arrested and I went through, you know, look at having to deal with all the health professionals and everything else that I, I really thought this, you know, I, if I didn't do it, no one else was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, being involved with other people and I, I decided that um, when COVID came along, it's like everyone said, oh, you know, we're all inside, you know, Americans were going, you know, you guys in America were going out to your coffee bars and I was stuck at home. And I decided to join the leadership programme 
and that so that I could connect with people and uh, find out more about business and about speaking opportunities and about how I could, you know, what I was going to do out in the world and transform. And I think that confidence came as well by networking and going to different networks and meeting people like yourself in Speakers Playhouse. I found that and joined that and, you know, was going showing up consistently and, you know, having one-to-ones with people and outside even in the breakout rooms and that because it's, it's not necessary. You might think, or they've got nothing to offer, or you can't eat off, offer each other. And that's something that I've learned is that you can, you can collaborate and you can get so, some really good opportunities out there. So how many years have you been speaking in the mental health arena, Beth Ann? Um, I, well, I think that I've been talking about mental health a long time. My mum was an ex-nursing sister, so I've always known about mental health. Um, and as a young leader, I used to do talks when I did my Queens, I did talks um, and just over a period of years. And now like four years, five years on since my mum's gone. Um, and I started with a charity and I work with a different charity now and the NHS and that is just a rolling, a rolling program. I think, you know, it's um it's just like a ball. Some days, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's fast, and it's almost like um, in between. You have the fireworks that sometimes it's like you need to stop for a minute and you know take a di- different direction. Um, you know, you may have made a mistake, and you think, but each time it's going to get better. So, in in the niche that you serve, how you had to adapt how you approach your speaking in the virtual world in comparison with doing in-person events at all? Yes. And also two, th- three things, I think. Obviously, it's, it's, we're in a world now where we've got Zoom, you're the other side of the world and that. But whenever I'm listening to speakers, I also have a head injury from, unfortunately, um, before my mum died, my one of my family couldn't cope with his can- the cancer and dementia and left me with um, bruising on the brain. So sometimes when uh, speakers are on a Zoom, they can talk very fast and sometimes you miss those things and they could be experienced speakers. But you could, I'll give you an example, is that I was listening to a speaker the other day. He was a great speaker, been out there a long time and I asked him to slow down and he said, no, I'm like a puppy. <laughs> but what they have to remember is that you're speaking to a whole audience out there and they forget that there's people with hidden disabilities. And I always think because I paired with somebody with dementia and I've had to learn, you know, with somebody with hard hearing as well, that you have to adapt your speech to for that so that you can cater for everyone's needs. It's not just about like, which some speakers do because you've got to have their attention because if you're listening to a radio back in the day people would listen to the radio which often we did when we were growing up then or if you listen to the queen's speech and that it's very slow it's very people engage and really want to hear what's being said and that and you know i've listened to a lot of speakers lately and some of them they're just like if they speak, you know, to say that I'm a puppy, that's not really ideal because after five to ten minutes, I completely lost what he was saying, 
and it could have been value to me but it was and to other people but it wasn't and I thought that was also a bit disrespectful as well is that I and I often tell people when I run my own meetings or when I go to events please could you speak um, a bit slower because I have a hidden disability so in your in your mind from your perspective Beth Ann what do you think maybe the three biggest keys to success as a speaker are I think it's getting engaged with your audience and keeping them focused and that bringing some likeness to it and being authentic, being yourself and that, you know, turning up and being yourself and knowing that you believe in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And that I think that um, I think thinking about your audience and who you're approaching so that you've got the right material so you've got the right things to tell them. So that, that, that brings up a question in my mind. So when you're going in and delivering a presentation on some aspect of mental health awareness, do you customize each of your talks for your audience or do you have a standard talk that you do pretty much regardless? Custom. It does depend because obviously at the moment I'm dealing with three things. I'm dealing with people who are dealing with grief from people who've lost their families for dementia and the mental impact it has on carers and their family members. Also, um, if you think about it, have people who are, go, who are dealing with the challenges of caring for somebody with dementia, it can have severe um, challenges from the carer's perspective and the relatives because not uh, people don't necessarily um, have the training that they need to cope with it because my mum had vascular dementia and cancer together. And um, just for example, when they're having water infections, you have to be aware of how to deal with those challenges and quickly and think on your feet. Those are such powerful insights and it's such, such an important issue. So I do have a couple other questions I wanna ask you, Beth Ann, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spot On My Speaking Show. And my guest this week is Beth Ann Thompson. And we're talking about her speaking career in the mental health niche. So this is probably my favorite question to ask people, Beth Ann. So I'm going to ask you to bury your soul here a little bit and, and share a mistake or two maybe that you've made personally along the way that you would highly advise aspiring speakers not to make. So embarrass yourself here. Is that, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, I did make mistakes. Um, I took advice from somebody else who was in a large network um, who had, thought they had this great coach. I paid quite some money, not as much money as they had, but enough. And um, that wasn't the right coach. So I learned that I needed to do more research on a coach. And then um, the second mistake I know that I made was... Um, I didn't have a con contract. I asked for a contract 
and um, paid somebody money upfront. They said they worked for a very large um, foreign organization. And then after doing my homework, thankfully, I stopped sending money and realized something was not right and mm. did some more homework and found, luckily I got some money back, but that wasn't as much as the first, but nevertheless, um, I learned those, you know, I learned that I needed to go to the right networks and get to know, like, and trust people before I was going to hand over any more money again. Yeah, definitely. You got to do your homework in almost any aspect of business. So, so sorry to hear you went through that experience, but glad to hear that you learned from it and were able to recoup something. So the the topic you speak on is so critically important, obviously, Beth Ann. So if somebody's interested in finding out more about your world or what you're doing, where should they go to? Um, yes, my main platform is um, on LinkedIn. So um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook, but LinkedIn is my main platform at the moment. And obviously, at the moment, I'm currently um, uh, having my website up, which will be up in about a month's time. I'm just working on finishing touches because I think it's take to, it's about, as you said, it's about building the blocks. If you want to be a good speaker, I think I didn't want to run before I can walk. So it's taken me a little more time and maybe I could have like rushed and done this amazing landing page and amazing website and everything else. But I wanted to make sure that it covers so it gives people the right focus so that they know what they're getting and, um, you know, the how I can help them. Because mental health is so such a huge area, because although it started when I first started my business with dementia, obviously people with COVID and everything, people have lost people through COVID. So grief and there's stress, there's depression. And that's there's lots of things that I can help people with besides. Well, outstanding. So we'll make sure we have links to Beth Ann's LinkedIn profile as well as her website in the show notes down below. But my sincere thanks to you, Beth Ann, for joining me today on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show. As always, if you haven't been over to brettridgeway.com, do so. Grab the free special report there. Three key things entrepreneurs must master to build a profitable speaking business. And I'm also excited to announce that the, the book, by the time this episode releases, my new book, How to Build a Profitable Speaking Business, should be available. And you can get that at buildaprofitablespeakingbusiness.com. But as always, I wish you the greatest success in all that you do. Thank you so much, Beth Ann. And here's to making 2023 your greatest year yet. Take care. Thank you so much, Brett. Thank you. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.